I still, like I keep saying in the beginning of them, like, I don't know how to start this. Cause it's right. I like that. It was very natural. <laughs> like I'm not, I don't want to like sound, su- I don't know how much podcast you listen to, but there's some who sound like super, super serious. And I just, I don't take myself that seriously. Right. No, I get it. Anyway. Okay. So I'll do this. This is the Writability Podcast. I'm here today with Monica, another one of our English professors at COS. And today we are going to be talking about time management and productivity and Monica, you want to introduce yourself? Okay. So I work in the English department. I'm excited to be here at COS. This will be my second year. Before coming to California, I worked at University of Houston and University of Miami. And I've worked with students from all different educational backgrounds. I find that pretty much we all struggle with procrastination and time management skills, especially when it comes to writing, which is probably one of students' least favorite things to do. So that's why I wanted to give you guys a few little tips and tricks to help out. So the first question I've been asking everybody, I've been starting with a little bit of a personal question. So my question is like, what do you do when you progress? What's your biggest distractor? Oh, my biggest distractor? Yeah. It depends on how much I dislike the actual task I need to do. <laughs> so let's say I have a paper I have to revise. I will do anything to avoid revising it or writing it, which comes to cleaning the house, doing nonsense tasks. I find things that are easy to get off the to-do list, like laundry, email people back, you know, pick up dry cleaning, all that stuff that makes you feel productive, but you're actually just wasting time. I know when I'm in that moment, I know when I'm procrastinating. Yeah. I do the same thing. I used to, oh my gosh, clean the kitchen and bake. Like when I was working on my thesis. Oh. In school, I just be like, <laughs> oh, but everyone needs cookies right now. Like, right, right. Yes. Yes. I should clean the closet. Yeah. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, right now I feel like it's been extra hard in COVID world where I can't leave my house. Like mm-hmm. all of the time kind of blurs together and I just procrastinate doom scrolling. Yes. Mm-hmm. I've spent like hours a day on my phone doom scrolling and it's so easy because you can be like, oh, I should look up that article or check that, you know, new book out. And then you're finding yourself, at least I find myself on Reddit or something that's semi-productive, but it's yes. really not moving me forward in my life. Why would this be something that we'd be like really talking about in a writing class? Like, why should we talk about time management or procrastination? For a lot of reasons, I think writing is very personal. It can be very painful, even if you're not writing about yourself, it's your identity on the page. So I think that leads to a lot of perfectionism and procrastination, but just realize that professional writers, people that have produced novels, professors, we all struggle with that feelings. So there's a lot of emotions tied up in writing and that makes it challenging, but it also makes it something that you have to kind of build up a thick skin to and just do a bit every day if you can and try to remove your personal feelings from the process. I feel like for me, when my classes, like a lot of the time, like what separates like the good papers from the not as good papers is not actually like the ability of the student, but like the amount of time they were able to put into it. Completely. Yes. Yeah. The amount of time they're able to look at the prompt, look at the research, read through those paragraphs, make sure everything's coherent. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's something I try to remember. Like, so if you're worried about your writing ability, you got to think about what you're putting into it and how we can find out ways to, you know, manage your time better. Yeah. So you you promised tips. What tips do you have (laughs) for time management? I think you have to decide if you're a paper type person, an analog person, or a digital person. I'm a paper type person, so I like planners, I like lists. If 
students can decide first where their time is going, if they can have kind of an accountability list just for a week, write down, what are you doing? How long are you playing video games? How long are you napping? How long do you actually spend doing a work task? Because I tend to um, underestimate how long it's going to take me to, you know, write up that newsletter or revise that paper. Um, I try to have goals that are time related. Once I figure out where my time wasting is going, then I try to schedule an actual work time and say, ah, that's going to take me two hours. Like I need to have accountability for that time where I'm sitting there actually at my desk, hopefully with the Wi-Fi off, if I can manage that and just working. And for those of you who haven't written down tasks and stuff before, you are going to end up this semester having a lot more assignments than a normal semester because your teachers are going to be replacing what you'd normally do in class with more assignments. So you have to have a way to keep track of all of those. That's very true. Yeah, I, I've heard that from students just in that last semester. And it's a lot of independent learning, which not all of us are good at. But yeah, for sure, scheduling it out helps having a, a good place to study. I know a lot of students study on their bed with their laptop, but at least if you can shut the door, turn the music off, turn the Wi-Fi off, maybe shut the kids and the dogs and the spouses and partners out if you can, that will help a lot. And sometimes students are really creative with that too. I know I've had students before who have like not had space. And so they'll be like, oh, well, I've been doing it sitting in the bathroom because it's quiet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> if that was, if that's what works, like, like you know that yeah. sometimes like having that space of your own is a privilege and like it is right it now is. figuring that out might be really difficult because not only will you be home, but there might be more people at home. Oh my gosh. So many, I feel bad for students who used the campus as a place to study and get all their work done before they had to deal with their home obligations. So yeah, it's tough. It's so tough, but it's definitely something to like think about and plan as you go through. I think I said this in a different podcast episode, but like one thing that I would encourage students to do too is like after they've written out that schedule to like share that schedule with their their family. Because I think at least when I was in college and high school, my parents really didn't understand how much time work would take. My family would give me crap about like all the homework I needed to do. If I was home, they wanted me to be doing family things, right? And I think if you can just like share that and be like, hey, these are the times I need because I'm still taking these classes and come to an understanding about that in the beginning, it might be really helpful as you go on. Yeah, I think that's excellent advice. Um, I've worked with students that had a lot of household chores or babysitting duties. And that's tough for families to realize that school is going to take a lot of their time. And I don't know, they will have to kind of negotiate, I suppose, with who they live with. Yeah, negotiate and the whole house has to sacrifice, right? Like that's it, the yeah. thing. It's like, it's not just your sacrifice if you're in school. Everyone you live with sacrifices. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So you could print out your schedule and put it, you know, in some central location where everyone lives together, or you could all, if maybe for all on Google calendar, I know one of my students last semester uses Google goals that you can set right on your calendar every week. And mm. she just ticks the little plus button and adds her exercise goals and her writing goals. Then she can check it out at the end of the week and see if she actually met those goals. There are also apps that you can download. Like there's one that's a forest app and the trees grow the longer you work undistracted. So it's kind of, it's really cute. Yeah. I've definitely used that one. (laughs) Yeah. You had mentioned too, like removing those distractions from yourself. I know some people like, like having some music on like music for sure as a way to like block out other sounds. 
I am dying not going to a coffee shop. It is driving me crazy because that's where I get so much work done. And so I people are like downloading ambient coffee shop sounds and <laughs> all this, some of that. Yes. And some of my one of my students last semester had those special like beta wave brain beats that he'd listen to to help him work. So whatever works for you. I used to love grading with like a friend over another teacher. Like we would sit in the same room and not really talk and both yeah even if we weren't talking the like presence of someone else who was working was really inspiring definitely yeah and there's some other things I do like sometimes I'll put my phone on silent and put it in the other room oh that's good I'll put a timer too I'll be like you have to work for 45 minutes and when the phone goes off you can go get it yeah but is there other things they can do like when their students are actually working to make the time they are working more productive I think what you said about the little Pomodoro technique of setting a timer is excellent. It works for some people. It triggers other people's anxiety. I think anyone who sits down to work and sees a blank page or a huge task, a huge chemistry lab write-up or a huge eight-page paper in English is going to freak out. I mean, you and I both wrote theses and dissertations, and it's terrifying. So I think if students can break things down to small chunks, like if I can just read that one article and highlight the main points today, I'll be good. Or if I can just work on my thesis statement, just like my teacher taught me and write three versions of that. And then if you feel like you accomplished something, maybe you move on and work for another 20 minutes. Or maybe you're like, all right, that was good for today. I've got seven more days till the paper's due. These are the next chunks I'm going to do the next seven days. That was one of the things I actually did with my thesis is a friend told me to write a page a day, no matter what. And like, mm-hmm. that's how I got it done is like, I didn't think of this giant task, did my page a day. It could be a shitty page, but there had to be a yep. page a day to like have something to work with as I went on. Yeah. That's, that's really good advice is like chunking it up. And then if you're, if you're having a goals list, I bullet journal. So I have them all written down. Oh, good. Okay. So you do know about that. Okay, cool. I'm a person who does both. I have my like schedule of like things to do, like meetings and stuff on a Google calendar and then mm-hmm. daily to-do lists in my bullet journal. I looked at a bunch of those last night because they're so beautiful and I just, I don't do it, but I wanted to be able to mention that as an, an option. I know some students that have ADHD find them really useful because they can doodle and like make it creative, but I am not that creative, nor do I have beautiful handwriting. So I'd love to hear about what you do. Yeah. So for me, I used to do planners all the time, but like some days I needed bigger boxes, if that makes sense. Yeah, sure. Totally. And so my planners would be like half post-it notes. So now actually, so I don't like follow the complete bullet journal approach. Like the first, like there's some stuff that I track that stays in there. And then the second section is like weeklies. And then the end is notes from meetings and from conversations with people and from classes and stuff like that. And pretty much like my weekly spread has, now I'm like looking, it has, you know, um, every day and my goals for that day Um, And then I have weekly goals and next week's goals. And then I'll do stuff like I'll make a spot if I'm, for example, um, keeping track of how many papers I graded. So I can mark a little box every time. Oh, nice. Yeah. I get a sticker every time I work out. I get a sticker in my journal like I'm oh my God, in I kindergarten. Was, I, need yeah. <laughs> I would like have like a list right now of all the things I need to do before the fall semester starts, both for work and like personally, like clean that damn closet, Katie. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And it's that we absolutely need rewards. Cleaning the house is its own reward in some ways, but also <laughs> you're sometimes we're too tired. One thing that I've seen people around me, they're really good at, they work really hard and they rest really well. So, you know, for example, my husband will come home and just, he's able to watch movies and just relax. Whereas I'm trying to multitask and, you know, 
design things on my computer while half watching a HGTV oh gosh, show, petting the cat. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I'm slowing down my work, but I'm making it less painful. But really, if I just sat down for 20 minutes, I could probably knock more tasks out. I guess we all have different types of work. Some work has to be that really deep focused work and other work can be a little bit lighter and slower. And I think the other thing that you're kind of hinting towards there that I try to tell students is like to like take care of yourself while you're doing work. Like yes. the things I've noticed is that if I'm procrastinating a ton, if I'm on Reddit for three hours instead of doing my work, I used to tell students <laughs> like that I'd get up and go to a coffee shop and then I'd be able to knock it out. But obviously that's not a world we're in right now. No. But like I've noticed <laughs> that a lot of the times I just need a little walk or a snack or something like that. If yep. I take 10 minutes to like fuel my brain and stuff, I'm going to be way more productive than if I just sat there and was like, I have to finish this before I'm allowed to eat. Yeah, that's so good in learning who you are as a person and how much sleep and how much food you need is so important. Like even... The years I've been in school, I struggled with kind of punishing my body by not eating enough and staying up too late. And it eventually catches up with you. I think we all need to sleep or nap and, you know, do the best we can with the food that we have available. And it does, it does make a difference. I know that sounds so boring, but you and I have both realized that, yeah. that it helps with our productivity. And it's another one of those things that we like realize that everybody's lives won't let them have flexibility in that way, right? Like, I know I've had students who are working night shifts and trying to get homework done yeah. and try to go to class. Just do your best, like do your best, be aware of yourself and like be forgiving to yourself, especially if you're yes. working really hard and trying to do a school. Like we realize, I know we're not going to be physically in class, but like I know often when the student is asleep in class, it's not because of them being lazy or tired or hating class. It's because they worked an all-nighter. Like yeah. be aware of those kinds of things and like appreciate the hard and I am so impressed by the students, especially at COS. And sometimes I find that my students that really have more things, they have two kids that are in school, they have a full-time job and they're full-time students, they can get work done so efficiently. And sometimes the moms and the dads that I have in my class are some of my best students. <laughs> yeah, they are amazing. You guys are amazing. <laughs> Yeah. And I know almost all the students work at least 20 hours. And that's, I mean, it's not just the 20 hours, it's commuting there. It's the uniforms. It's the, you know, politics at work. It's tiring. It's just, there's a lot that they're dealing And with. people are going to have their kids home again. Yeah. And all of that kind of stuff. Like we understand like some of these things are not like accessible to everybody, but there's other things. I mean, I think that we can think about, like, I definitely have had students before who, you know, waited till the kid, their kids were in bed and then it was homework time. Mm -hmm. If you have more flexibility, I would also encourage you to play with like what time of day you work, right? Yeah, I was thinking about that too. How about you, Mona? I'm a complete night owl, so I don't get motivated until like 4 p.m. My best is like maybe 6 p.m. to 2 a.m. I am totally focused and have tons of energy and I'm like doing everything I can to get all of my tasks done. But anything before noon really is trouble for me. Um, mm -hmm. I can do it, I've, but it's not my best time. So if I have to conform to the world and function at that time, I can do it. But if I really know myself, um, I try to save my difficult work for later in the day, which is probably the opposite of a lot of people. Uh, I'm a more, well, first of all, I am not a morning teacher. Oh my gosh. I've had to teach a few 7 a.m.s too. Every day. <laughs> I'd like go and be like, why are you here guys? Why did you choose yeah. this terrible thing? And you know, people would be like, oh, I just want it to be over with. So I have my whole day. It's so nice. And yep. I'm like, you're insane. Like, terrible. <laughs> no. I don't teach before 10 now. <laughs> If I yeah. <laughs> and that's the thing, like, that hopefully the students know themselves and have a, some yeah. flexibility to choose classes, maybe where they know they're more awake. 
Yeah, I'm a morning reader and a, and normally a like evening writer. So like I okay. read a lot better in the mornings and I write a lot better at night. If I read at night, I fall asleep. Like yeah, like the biggest challenge of an English major is staying awake with all the reading that they have to do. The other thing that I have been thinking about a lot is like if people like me are working from home and like at home all the time, like figuring out some routines this summer that I didn't like new routines was a kind of a lifesaver for me. What did you do? I need help. Tell me. I, every morning I've been like drinking coffee outside and doing some reading or some work, which is a little thing, but like I look forward to it now. And like the house behind us had construction recently and I was so pissed off because they messed up my ritual because it was like, (laughs) <laughs> jackhammering and I was so angry <laughs> in afternoons I might do one one work thing but I'll do a lot of like house stuff and getting my life together stuff and then something like happy and I'm f- assuming during the semester it'll be the same thing where I like wake up drink my coffee outside respond to my emails do some grading like have lunch and then do a little work in the afternoon and then do house stuff like it's the same kind of like pattern not things I was doing in the spring when I was still teaching um and I was a mess <laughs> so it's nice to have some like regularity of things in my life yeah for sure and sometimes you know you're gonna meet that goal so you're like well you know I've only got three hours left let me see what I can knock out and then it's rest time mm-hmm. yeah it helps I also think that sometimes students and myself think that oh I, I need an eight hour stretch to get my work done or I need uninterrupted hours no. but if we can do little tiny bits of work in every 15 minutes we can find I think that's the only way we're all going to survive this and you know having jobs and kids and all the other stuff some teachers would probably be annoyed at me for this advice but it's the one of the reasons this is a podcast um I've been watching a lot of webinars this this summer and I'll have them playing on my computer or something else right um that is okay like when you have an hour of a lecture to watch or whatever wash your dishes and do it walk take a walk and listen if you can like like there's ways you can multitask yeah, I agree. I can't work in 15 minute chunks though. Like I, you can't No, Like I either have to be working or not working. When I get into the zone, I'll work for a couple hours. Like it takes me 15 minutes to get to where I'm working. If that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. Yeah. It's like a whole moving in and moving out of the mental process. Yeah. I do get that. Jealous of that. Sometimes I have a hard time with like the deep focus part. Yeah. yeah. So, but, but that's one of those things you got to figure out what works for you guys. Yeah. And I think it, you and I both like to have some way to acknowledge what we've completed. I think that's really helpful. If, and I think that kind of positive reward system is maybe a place to start for students, make a list or an electronic list of what they want to accomplish just in the next week or two, and then see if they can meet those goals. Maybe that's like a starting point. Any other tips? I was going to say you can kind of make your procrastination work for you. I follow a couple productivity subreddits and there's college subreddits. And I think normalizing the procrastination and uneven time management we all have, especially being at home all the time and maybe having job uncertainty and childcare uncertainty is really affecting everybody. So knowing that you're not the only one kind of freaking out a little bit is helpful. My students are always surprised when I tell them like, that we often feel the same way about grading papers as they do about writing them. <laughs> yes. we don't, like enjoy them when we start reading them, but like, oh my gosh, when I have to sit down and I have a hundred papers to get mm-hmm. through, feel this. And guess what? We all procrastinate. Like, oh yeah, we all find ways to distract ourselves. I start baking. <laughs> like, 
you just have to find ways to work through it. And don't, you know, don't beat yourself up about it. Like you'll find more ways to be productive, do your best. And uh, sometimes your head's not there. Like give yourself the time you need. I think that's also a reason to start early though, because if you start too late, you don't have a choice, but like rush. No, you, yeah. It's just an awful feeling when you know you can't do your best work and you just have to power through it. Yeah. I agree. Any, any last things you want to tell people? Any last? I have to say just get in tune with how you feel when you first start working, when you're actually sitting down and being productive, there's kind of that Mm -hmm. serotonin rush of like, Oh my gosh, I did it. I kind of beat my own procrastination. I'm here. I'm doing it. I try to celebrate those moments. Nice. That's lovely. So one last question I've been asking people is um, what are you learning outside of uh, like, outside of this conversation? What are you learning right now in your life? What am I learning? Oh my goodness. So many things. Let's see. I'm learning about high intensity interval training. So I'm trying to like really tax my body for 20 seconds when working out and then to kind of catch my breath for 10 seconds because it's supposed to be really helpful for cardiovascular fitness. Oh, cool. That's really interesting. (laughs) Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, Monica. Thanks for your time today. This was lovely. Thank you, Katie. I want to see your bullet journals if we ever see each other again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I've started digitizing them. So I want to see them. That'd be awesome.